Friends, welcome back. This is part two of this conversation on doable discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, otherwise known as... You said it wrong again. I did? It's, I felt it's confident not that time. I know, you looked confident, and yet you said it's a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith instead of friendship with God, which is what we said. Oh, okay. You fool. You'll never well, get that right. In all the times <laughs> well, you've done you that, didn't you've never say the show right. to helps you grow right then. Okay. That's um, true. Guys, we had a great first half of this conversation uh, last week with Dave Schnitter, um, our our campus pastor at Saddleback Berlin. So we're going to hop right on back into that conversation um, and talk about a small group study that he recently just wrote. Um, so let's take it away. We're going to change gears just a touch and go from, you know, a nice big conversation about the state of Europe. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to take it down to back to the personal. Okay, Dave. good. <laughs> so could you share something that God is doing in your life that he's instilling in you mm. recently? Is there, is there a, a character trait he's working on or is there, is there, how is God at work in your life right now. Your own discipleship journey. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm trying to be. <laughs> I'm on the gondola. <laughs> <laughs> no kissing at this table. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I think for me at the moment uh, is... Uh, the One of the fruit of the Spirit is called patience. Um, and I'm terrible at being patient. <laughs> and uh, um, and that's, there are... Some people that I think we all know that it's not many people who actually are patient by nature, right? right. Uh, or that isn't it's not natural, anyways. But who who learn to be patient? Yeah. <laughs> but then we see them as like, oh, how can we be so patient? You know, uh, I'm quite an impatient person, and um, but at the moment, that, I think that's where God is really um, uh, working on me. And, and what I'm what I'm recently learning, actually, what it comes down to with patience is trust, right? Mm. That I think, you know, like. God is saying, like, do, do you do you trust me with my timing? Do you trust me with my wisdom, with my with my ways mm, of doing sure. things? And I get impatient when, and then there's a sign to me that I don't trust him. Like I, and and trust trust is obviously something that that's that, that's the journey of any follower of Jesus is, is you know trusting Jesus more. You know, going yeah. going deeper, trusting Jesus more. Recently, Rick talked about it in one of the messages on uh, on on on. You know, growing faith, and he had little video clips of Noah and, and mm-hmm. Moses and Abraham, and and every one of those opportunities, these crisis moments that they went through, was an opportunity to trust God even more, trust God even even deeper, right? And mm. I think I think that's that's what God wants us to learn more than anything is to get to know Him as a trustworthy Father, and that His ways are good, and mm-hmm. His His timing is good, and all of that. Uh, but that's what I've been learning lately. When and then I realize when I'm when I'm when I'm not trusting, I can either become, I can become bitter. That mean, means I I question God's wisdom. Hmm. Um, you know, what was the other one? Uh, bitterness. <laughs> That's a big yeah. one to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Or, or yeah, that bitterness. I had something else I wanted to say. Is I have a, my mind froze. My mind does that all the time. Yeah. So, so right, if you think of it later, just shout it out. Even I would shout it out. Like, hey, patience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you seen yeah. any, have you started to see any little victories in that area at all? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think, so, so, so what, yeah, what it is for me is that I, I'm learning, patience is better for, like, I'm learning patience by being obedient to what God 
last told me, you know, <laughs> like mm. what, what he told me to do. Yeah. And, like, uh, and obedience, for, lo- for a long time, I thought obedience means ag- agreeing with God. Uh, and I think that's part of obedience, but obedience yeah. also means doing what God tells me, if I, even if I don't agree with it, you <laughs> <Yes>. know, <laughs> even if it doesn't make any sense, or even if I'd rather not to. I love the story. I just recently rediscovered the story in in John chapter two, the the uh, wedding in Cana, mm-hmm. where obviously they ran out of wine, and um, Jesus then asked the servants to um, to to fill these jars of um, after Mary. Yeah, yeah. You well, know, twist his arm. Because, yeah. Well, and then Mary said to the servants, there's this line in there where Mary said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And I thought that's that's wonderful advice from the mother of Jesus to any servant of Jesus <laughs> yeah. to say, hey, do whatever he tells you. Even if it doesn't make sense, why would you put water into these, these uh, jars? And then, yeah. you know, and then this miracle obviously happened. And... Um, what what kind of what struck out to me as I read this story uh, recently was that everyone at that wedding party had thought the master of the ceremony kept the good wine until the end, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's this line in there where it says, uh, "Only the servants knew mm-hmm. what was really going on." You know, as mm-hmm. if Jesus and you know and the servants they kind of looked at each other from across the room, and Jesus winked at them. It's like, hey, you know what really happened, right? <laughs> we did it, guys. There was, there was this moment of, you know, the, the servants who were obedient, they get to see the miracles, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want, I want to be that. I, I want to be patient when, when the miracle, if there's miracles, I hope there are miracles happening in the city of Berlin. I hope for mm-hmm. complete transformation. You know, we, we talked so much about um, post-Christianity. I, I, hope, I hope Europe is... What it is is more a prodigal continent, and that yeah. mm. we will come home again. You know, yeah. um, I, I, that's that's what I'm really longing for, and I hope for that miracle to happen. But until then, I want to be obedient, yeah. Um, and yeah, and I that, that may take sense. patience, and I, yeah. it will. It does take patience for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. You reminded me. In fact, you said half of of something that's become one of my personal mottos or mantras in life is. I should always remain faithful to what God said last until he tells me what to do next. Yeah. Uh. And I don't know if we've ever said that on the show, but I think that's really worth listeners talked about hearing yeah, today. But hmm. that there is, there is like, we're just, we're creatures that live yeah. in time and that involves waiting sometimes yeah. and, mm-hmm. and, and patience is a part. I love what Pastor Rick, you know, when Pastor Rick teaches on the, the process of um, planting and harvesting, mm-hmm. he talks about there's a period of waiting yeah, in yeah. the middle, and while we're waiting, God is working. Yeah, um, and sometimes, sometimes the best thing that we can do is just let God work. Yeah, be patient. Let Him do what only yeah. He can do. Yeah, yeah. And it's trust the, that He's. Do you want to be a mushroom yeah. or an oak tree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Good. There's a guy in the Old Testament. Uh, his name is Shama. He's mentioned maybe just once or twice. He was one of the uh, bodyguards of King David's guard. Da- David's guard. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the right way to say it. Um, was he one of the point, mighty men? I think he was one of the mighty, the men, mighty yeah. men. Yeah, in Second Samuel, I think he's mentioned. Those guys and, uh, are bosses. <laughs> uh, so Shama, at some point, he was assigned to protect a lentil field <laughs> in the middle of nowhere that was next to a small village, I think. And that was his task. And all the other ones, I think, got to go out to the battlefield and fight the Philistines. And here was Shama, and you know, probably bored to death. Nothing happened that oh, man, this is boring. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, so why, 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 like, and, you know, I can, I can, you know, 
I can see myself a little bit in this in this Shamar guy. Like, you know, mm. here are here's me in Berlin. You know, there's not really that much going on spiritually. We don't have revival maybe in Berlin, you mm. know. And then you hear maybe this is a very human side of me now, that you hear maybe of other Saddleback campuses or other churches in mm. other parts of the world where lots of things are going on. Obviously, mm. praise God for that, but there's a part in me was like, oh, I want some of that action. Yeah. Why am I here on the lentil field? You know, <laughs> why, why am I assigned here? But then I love the story of Shammah then because at some point there were, I think, several hundred of Philistines who wanted to cross that lentil field to take that village. Um, mm. And then it says that Shammah single-handedly defeated that That's all these so cool. uh, Philistine soldiers. And, you know, I imagine him. Standing there was like this lentil field. This is you shall not pass. You shall not pass. Like, this belongs to Zion. You know? yeah. <laughs> and it was like, and then suddenly, you know, he he was in on the action. You know, yeah. And I'm kind of like, oh, maybe, maybe I have to be like Shaman. Just just wait for things to happen. You know, and uh, and who knows what one day they will. Yeah. I just want to have a. I just want to have a nice view. <laughs> When you single-handedly defeat everybody on the lentil field, that I just Come want to on. talk to Shema in heaven now and be like, "So, hey, so seriously. how did you do? Like, no, I, what did? What guy. was that like?" <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah, and he's like boring at first, and then really cool then, at the end. Yeah, yeah. crazy. <laughs> so that's Shema. great stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talk to us about a little thing that you wrote called "Love Where You Live." Yes. Um, just just explain why how that came into your heart, sure. why you wrote it, and, and kind of what yeah, it yeah. is. So Love Where You Live is a, a small group study we put together. It's not a book. There's a small group study we put together uh, for our groups in Berlin. And um, re the reason behind it was twofold. <laughs> for one, last year, um, because of Pastor Rick not being well for some of the year, we we didn't get to do a church-wide uh, mm. campaign. Yeah. And uh, campaigns are always, uh, for pastors especially, they're always very exciting times because that's where just a lot of stuff is going on in, yeah. in the life of the church. And in particular, it's so helpful um, to get people who aren't connected yet with small groups in a group, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I, was, I was really hoping we would have a campaign because there were quite a number of people who part of our church but not yet in a group mm. and but then when i heard okay we, we're not going to have a church-wide campaign and i i just thought okay we'll do something at least for our campus to emphasize small groups and the need to be in one and then have mm. have that kind of more you know i mean talking about discipleship one, one of the things i say to people is uh discipleship happens more in circles than in rows you mm. know it's good to be in church on sundays where we uh worship together and we we hear the god's word being taught um but we're sitting in rows we're not having conversation we're not really unless it happens organically we're not really sharing with each other what's happening we're not praying for each other so we need mm. to sit in circles as well yeah. and i want i want everyone at satellite berlin to be in a group as well i know that i think that's what every campus pastor is looking for mm -hmm. you know so that was that was one of the reasons and the other one was that last october we had our fifth anniversary mm -hmm. and um and that was kind of a milestone now for us. It was like, oh, you know, in the startup world, they say, if you survive the first five years of your business, then you can consider yourself established. And I, yeah. you know, once once we had five years of Saddleback Berlin, it's like, oh, I guess we have a church now. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're no longer it's church yeah. plant. You know, we're <laughs> we're actually up and running and all. Yeah. You know, but then one of the questions that I think God put on my heart was like, you know, so what difference is Saddleback Berlin going to make in the city? Mm. Um, because if, if we're really honest with ourselves, we're, we're, I think we have, we've built a strong church so far, but we have a lot of room for growth when yeah. it comes to city impact. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, and so you know, love where you live. I mean, in the title already, it's like it's it's the start of a conversation about how can we, how can we live the love of Jesus in our in our city in our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we tried to kind of do do both of that. We wanted to get people in groups, but then also not just for the sake of groups, but also give them something relevant for our campus in that season to yeah. to talk about. And uh, we did this last November, and uh, and it was it really it was that it was a start of a conversation. It's not like we're now making this massive uh, impact already in the city, but that's that's yeah. where we're going for sure. That's that's our heart, and 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 small groups. Um, are adopting their districts, their neighborhoods uh, as their own, and are thinking of ways to, uh, yeah, to reach their neighbors and their friends, which is amazing. Yeah. That's so so cool. what yeah. kind of action comes out of that? Like, what are some of the things that you've seen uh, your people doing? Is so you, you talked about adopting a neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. So they, yeah. how does that work? What do they do in the neighborhood? Right. In that case? Yeah. So, so the reason why I said this, so, so Saddleback Berlin, we're not necessarily a neighborhood church, but more a citywide church. People mm-hmm. do commute to the city center. Uh, some people live in that part of town, but many live in other parts. So the small groups are really scattered all over mm. uh, the city. And um, I mean, the city of Berlin, if we're going to say like, we're going to reach the entire city, that can actually be quite overwhelming. It's like, well, where do we start? But right. then for the groups to say, well, what are the needs in our neighborhoods? Like, what is something that with the shape and the kind of the collected collective ability of our group that something here's something we could do in our mm. neighborhoods and so for some it's more uh kind of practically uh, serving maybe more the poor the homeless or refugees lots mm. of refugees still in berlin who need help with integration learning languages and these kind of things but then for others it's more about uh uh you know sometimes when we when we when we think of you know because what this is is local peace really mm. you know uh, we, that's how we would call it but when we, when we think of peace we can make the mistake and only make it about the poor i think obviously that is a big part of our mission but then uh rich people need jesus as well you know yeah. and everybody in between yeah. as well you know so to, to not just make it about a socioeconomic thing you know and um mm. yeah and, and so others are more like hey let's let's bless the school around the neighborhood or let's 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 do something uh for our um our coworkers at work and 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 do a dinner party or so, mm. something to connect with them, uh, and so it can really be be all kinds of things. So yeah. I, we we didn't really dictate these things like here's what you have to do. Yeah. It's more for them to kind of figure out like okay, what what are the actual needs of the people that live right yeah. next to me? Yeah, just be creative. Uh, yeah, with it. And, and be creative with it. And like, and what is it that we bring to the table? That like, yeah. that's our abilities and obviously the gospel and, and all that. Yeah. So. That's, yeah. What do you, I just, I, I, just as it's coming to mind, because you made me think of it when you're talking about dinner parties and just connecting in the community. <clears throat> I remember when when uh, I, I was walking through Berlin and I was with uh, Abraham Muhlenberg, who you, yeah. who you referenced earlier, and he was just kind of, it was really cool to travel with him because he was telling me like, here's like, he was explaining Europe to me and he mm-hmm. was helping me kind of understand what I was seeing around me. Yeah, And he talked about um, he talked about loneliness being a significant oh, yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the case? Oh yeah, for sure. I think it's the this case. This seems like yeah. a, a, a way to mm-hmm. kind of meet problem with yeah, solution. Yeah. I think it's the case for sure in Berlin. I think in almost every city in the world. Yeah. Uh, it's a metropolitan uh, yes, problem. Los Angeles, New York, I'm sure it's the same problem. Yeah. Uh, that, and it's so odd because the density of the population is so high that you always have people around you mm. uh, that you think there isn't a loneliness problem. Like you, you think, okay, someone who lives 
I don't know. No offense to people living in Kansas, right? But if you're in the middle <laughs> and the cornfield in Kansas, like that's a lonely place to be, right? Or the lentil field. <laughs> the lentil yeah. field, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the corn, there we are. Any field. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Oh, that's, oh, that's good. But, but in, in cities, definitely, I guess part of that is because the cities are so anonymous. People talk less with each other and mm. – uh, but there's also maybe more competition in the city. It's more of an elbow society. If you want to make it, you have to kind of push your way through and be a bit yeah. ruthless. Um, so, but that creates loneliness. I read a statistic um, that one out of three people in Berlin say they don't have any friends. Wow. They have yeah. coworkers or neighbors or acquaintances that you know where they like. Oh, I know that person and maybe even know that person's name but mm. i don't have that kind of relationship to that person to open up about my life or anything so that's right. an incredibly sad statistics and mm. um and really kind of the angle that we're taking with with saddleback berlin is that we want to be a community you know yeah even for people who don't believe yet of course come on you're looking for friends <laughs> saddleback yeah. is yeah. your place you know yeah. uh, you know so people obviously have a spiritual loneliness in which we talked about before that they don't know jesus but there's a social loneliness as well they don't even have one another and mm. so i think the church is the antidote to both is, yes that's how jesus mm. had it invented it yeah that's yeah. good so All you right. Dave, when you wrote this study, yes. is what you're talking about, is you is you had Berlin in mind, and that was kind of, you're like, I want to do a, something for this city. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, uh, a few of our other campuses have done it and yeah. have made yeah. it their own. So yes. I'm just curious, yeah. how, how do you find that, that the study um, crosses culture and this yeah, theme yeah. crosses culture? Yeah. Well, the... <laughs> I, I think you can you can take this anywhere. I just recently heard there is some church in Ghana, and I don't even know how they got hold of this, but they're doing Love Where You Live. In their I can guess village. how they got oh, hold of it. I think we know I think, Yeah. Okay, tell I me. Can, I can tell you her name after the show. Okay. Oh, oh yes, of course. Yeah. Thank you, Betty. <laughs> <laughs> Would be my but, guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a really safe yeah, guess. Okay. In fact, she's going there. In a few weeks. Oh, again. See. Okay. She was wearing her shirt the other day. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, go okay. on. Okay, so that's... Uh, less, less, <laughs> that's funny. But, um, yeah, I guess because the, the, the study is like, okay, how, love where you live. I mean, ev- everybody lives somewhere. And, yeah. and I think everybody is also called to, to bring the love of Jesus to the people around them. So it is maybe in, in the study, it is more... I talk a little bit about some urban dynamics that are maybe very specific Berlin or specific for a city, mm-hmm. but you can take this study and just if if you if you're not living downtown somewhere in a, in a big city, you take out the word city and just write down the word community, mm-hmm. and sure. and you can still do that then you know. So uh, right. I, I think I think I hope it translates. Obviously, like you said, it wasn't written to be used around <laughs> the world, but I'm I'm really excited that other other campuses have picked it up. But um, yeah. and really, mm-hmm. the idea as I was looking through it is is it's really it's just about being present where you are yeah. and acting in love and focusing on the people yes. that, that you're coming into yeah, contact yeah. with. I, I think what I particularly mm-hmm. liked is it placed so much of an emphasis on this idea of you see people every day throughout mm-hmm. your daily life in, mm-hmm. in this city or town or, or community, wherever yeah. you are. And a lot of times you will know their faces or you'll say thank you. It could be it could be the mailman or the trash or, yeah. or whatever it is. Instead of just going through life just saying, oh, there's that person. 
Right. Like have a conversation with right. them. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. act in love towards them. Right. Yeah. And I think I think that's what really stood out with me to me mm-hmm. about about the study as I was reading through it. In in a mm-hmm. in a place like Berlin, as you were talking about, it's really it's like, hey, we people don't have to feel lonely. People don't mm-hmm. have to mm-hmm. feel like they don't have any friends. Mm-hmm. Like we can just take these little steps right. and maybe completely change a person's day right. by asking them a question yeah, yeah, yeah. about their exactly. life. You yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So hey. that definitely is a, a trans-cultural yeah, idea yeah. Yeah. of just uh, of not being so myopic yeah. and instead uh, having a focus on others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your word of the day is myopic. myopic. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I, w- I was talking to... I. Uh, um, I was talking to an older woman on the street in Berlin um, the other day, and uh, I think she needed help with her bags or something. I just helped her, and then I asked her, so how's your day going? Mm-hmm. Really, that question you mentioned, you know, how's your day going? And she teared up and said, no one's asked me that question in almost a year. Wow, you know, wow. And it was like, obviously, a, a woman who's probably lives quite shut in, and she just yeah. went to get her groceries, and hey, we have no idea sometimes, you know, yeah. to help, if we can just be a bit nicer to people yeah. uh, Ca- Californians uh, probably all of Americans you, you have this in your genes a little bit more than Germans you you, you tend to be very friendly with each other every time I'm here I'm like oh man <laughs> these guys are so nice to each other <laughs> so, but, they just but, stab you in the back still, not the yeah, yeah, yeah why do they talk so still, <laughs> exactly yeah, just. <laughs> well when we were in when we were in Berlin Abraham told me He's like, you know, he's like, a, a lot of Europeans have a joke that you can spot Americans from a mile away. And I was like, how's that? He's like, because they smile at you. Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. I thought that was going to be an insult, but I take that as a compliment. Yeah, yeah. Do, do I'll, take be, that, I'll yeah. be that blundering yes. smiler. <laughs> well, the, the, yeah. the, this gets me thinking about something that, I don't know, maybe I'll throw the idea out there. Maybe it's true or maybe it's not. But um, don't you think that a lot of Christians... Shy away from those little small interactions because I, I don't know. I guess me growing up, I grew up in an evangelical church, and I mm. grew up with this mindset of you know you need to you need to reach people who don't know Jesus. You've right. got to share Christ with the world. So, sometimes I think though, and maybe if there are any you know Christians listening who have a similar background or have been trained in this way, because we have a mindset of evangelism, we sometimes can't. We sometimes uh, short circuit on the smaller things. Mm-hmm. And we we kind of feel like every conversation needs to eventually result in a conversion of yeah, that yeah. person. They yeah, need yeah. to come to Christ, yeah. and I need to lay out the gospel for that yeah. person. But but I, I think this kind of gives us permission. This conversation gets us thinking about, you know, maybe you don't have to always be thinking about that ultimate end game. Like, yes, Jesus is the ultimate goal, but mm. sometimes the ways that we can bring the kingdom of heaven to earth can simply be by asking a lonely woman, how her day is going, yeah, yeah. or helping with the yeah. groceries. That yeah. those little things are good in and of themselves. Yes, that yeah. th- those are good things. Those are things that are pleasing to Jesus, all by themselves. Right. And of course, we want to be thinking long term about this person's eternal destiny and right. stuff. But yeah, yeah. we we shouldn't let the the weight of of the mission yeah um, deter us from having those just those little small right. interactions yeah, yeah, with yeah. people and and seeing them as as good unto themselves. Yeah. yeah. And not always as a means to an end. Right. Like, well, I'm going to be nice to this lady because then it'll open her heart and she'll let me talk to her about Jesus. And then yeah, the yeah. whole thing, it, that might be kind of just kind of overcooking the right. whole thing a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. I think, hey, I totally agree. I think this is uh, exactly the the 
posture, I guess, that uh, we're called to. Just mm. to not. I think we have some really funky ideas sometimes about evangelism, yeah. which is why we're so scared of it, right? <laughs> and rather not do it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Where sometimes, you know, sometimes I compare it to the 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 church. We think the church is kind of like a castle with big walls. And we have the drawbridge up, you know, and, and we're just trying to be everybody inside where we're safe from the pollution of the world out there. And we just, you know, we're with each other and we look after, we help each other. Yeah. And then we remember the Great Commission. So once a year, we we bring the drawbridge <laughs> down, you know, for a mission, you know, and yeah. we, we go for a mission. And it's then, Easter. Yeah, Invite exactly, your name. Yeah. Outreach event. And then, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we go out in pairs for protection, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then we, we go for a week and we try to share Jesus with People we don't even know, you know, yeah. just randomly talking to strangers and trying to, you know, bring them to Jesus. And maybe by God's grace, we even are able to bring a couple of people with us back to the castle, <laughs> yeah. uh, bring the drawbridge up, and then we do something to them that we call discipleship, but it's really anti-discipleship, <laughs> which means that by the end of which they're no longer able to relate to anybody outside the castle. <laughs> yeah. either, you know, and then maybe now okay, you're so, as weird as yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And maybe we throw a Bible bomb across the wall every now and then, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, uh, but <laughs> hoping it will explode. Like, Please hey, keep this some... metaphor going. Yeah, yes, yes. Hey, I'm I, digging I could... all of these word pictures yes. today. In this, Amen. In this Although I would like to rename the Bible bomb a holy hand grenade. <laughs> oh, holy in hand honor of Monty Python. But that's anti-evangelism. It's, it's the opposite. I think, you know, we're called to be a church where there are no walls. Right. Uh, you know, and, and where we're always... Doing exactly what you just said, it's our posture to to live as followers of Jesus, authentic lives with whoever we meet, not just not just put on our holy face yeah. <laughs> when, when we're with the other Christians. But you know, it, it, I guess ultimately what we're talking about is, is authenticity. Like you yeah. know, like do do we live the stuff that we mm. sing about in churches? You know, mm -hmm. so, and are we interested yeah. in living the way of life of Jesus? Yes, yeah. or yeah. are we just? Interested in like you know trying to get people over the line? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, it, is this yeah. a is this a way of life for me, or is this just something that I know I've got to do? Right. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. task oriented kind right, of thing. Right. Yeah. You just use the word posture, and mm -hmm. and that's the first session title. Oh, good in transition. the booklet. So yeah, yeah, why don't you? Can you talk us through just the basic? Oh, sure. uh, Steps I'll that try. you lay out in the book. Let me open it you up. You have so it right I, in front of you. I, so I remember open. I remember the just like six <laughs> things, seven yeah, things yeah. here. So hey, so. posture is the first uh, chapter, and um. We're talking in that chapter, we're talking about the prophet Jonah, hmm. who um, really was um, the antagonist of the story. If, you yeah. know, like, yes. God is a hero in this story. He, he's the one who wants to hmm. save Nineveh. Jonah is the one who wants to see it destroyed. And at the end of it, he is uh, quite frustrated yeah. uh, that it didn't happen, you know. And, um, and, and God, at the end of Jonah, he asks this amazing question, should I not be concerned with this great city? Um, that's that's kind of the the hook for that for that whole mm. for that whole study is God is concerned about the city and He cares yeah. for the people in the city. Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem. Like obviously God cares. Why is our posture often more like Jonah that we want mm. wanted to be destroyed? We 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 should our posture should be that we want to see it saved. Right. Mm. So that's the first one. Second cha second one is about placement. Um, as a second session, and we talk about the people of Israel when they are um, when they are in Babylon, how they try to settle outside of Babylon because, again, like Jonah, they wanted to not be in the city; they mm -hmm. wanted to be outside of it. 
But then God speaks to them about, no, you go into the city and you, you do life there and start families and plant You're gardens. You're going to be here yeah, a while. You're going to be here a while. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and he, there's this line, seek the shalom, the well-being, the flourishing of the city. Pray for that to happen, you know, and that's, God places us in the places where we live now, whether it's in a city or in Orange County or somewhere else. I, th I think it's, I don't think it's ever a coincidence that we live exactly where we live, mm. that we live in the house where we live and have the neighbors that we have. I think we need to see those as divine appointments mm. <laughs> that, that yeah. God, you know, people that God puts in our lives, you know. Yes. Um, the third session, I'll do this, I'll do this quick. So, the third That's session okay. is about presence, uh, that we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. We talk about how do we, do that um and because oftentimes we're either so in the world but we're also of the world and because we're mm. trying to be relevant to everything and we yeah. compromise or we're not in the world and we're not off the world i mean we, we again we're we're not we're in our castle with the drawbridge up yeah. you know um then the fourth session is about power that the holy spirit gives us power to do these things we don't have to do them by ourselves mm. the fifth session is about presence again uh it's about um that Jesus goes with us, that we are actually his hands and feet, um, that it's about bringing the life of Jesus to people. I love that you actually yeah. have it titled a presence. Dot, again. Dot, dot. Again. <laughs> again. Because you know, it's like posture, okay. placement, presence, power. And, you know, I do this, I mean, English is not my first language, but I thought this has to be Saddleback. I have to, they all have to start, start with, with the same P. letter. You know, I'll start with P. But yeah. I couldn't think of another. So it's just presence again. That's great. <laughs> so, yeah, I love it. Well, so, if you don't have alliteration, yeah. it's not going to get very far at Saddleback. Exactly, yeah. If it's not an acrostic or an alliteration. <laughs> and the last last session is well, something that I, I guess I've been learning in the last year or so. It's a, I call it parenthood. Uh, but it's not about how do we parent our kids, but it's more that our I guess our role over the city is that we are supposed to be uh, spiritual fathers and mothers mm. um, of the city, raising up sons and daughters of God. I'm more and more thinking even of pastoring or leadership in terms of fathering. Yeah. Uh, because it's, you know, if, if leadership is all about the leader, then it puts the focus on the leader. But I love that parenting puts the focus on the children and not on the parent and, and mm. fathering. Uh, I mean, maybe not everybody who listens to this has had the privilege of, or of, of, you know, like grow, growing up and having a, a healthy relationship to a father. So maybe for some, this is hard to connect with. But let's assume God, our Father, and how wonderful He fathers us, right? And uh, and that that's that's how we're supposed to lead others as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what this last one is about. That's yeah. Great. Well, this thing. I don't. I remember the. I don't know how you heard about Jason. I heard about this from Pastor Buddy because he knew that you were working on this, and yeah. we. I saw it on his desk, and he just absolutely loves this thing. So it at least has Pastor Buddy's glowing endorsement. And <laughs> if somebody wants to, well, it's been done at I think three of our other campuses now too. Yeah, possibly. I think yeah. San Diego yeah. did it, Anaheim did it, and um, there's another one. I think Espanol wanted to do it. Espanol I don't know if wants they did to do it. it. I don't know if they have yet because you need to translate. There's, yeah. yeah. There's another one that's done it. I forget what Hong it was. Hong Kong has done it. Hong Kong did it. Hong Kong. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's sweeping the globe. Yes. It is. Crazy. And Ghana. Yeah, now in Ghana. <laughs> now in Ghana. <laughs> You've hit most of the continents. We'll get Antarctica eventually. But uh, So if somebody wants to... Well, I know. we'll get to that in a minute. Right. But if somebody wants to get their hands on this... Probably just talk to your campus pastor if you're a Saddleback yes, yeah, attender yeah. and yeah. just put the pressure on and it's not that hard to get a hold of this thing. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll sort you out. Yeah. yeah. Why don't we talk some doables? It's the doable time. 
Um, ah. Okay, so so Dave, uh, so kind of taking a lens out of this study, right? So, what is one step that a listener can take today that basically, no matter where they are, no matter where they live, uh, they people can start to focus a little bit more on the people around them, right. or just to plug the title again. How yeah, can yeah. people start Love loving where they, where they are? Okay. <laughs> just one thing. I have two. Okay. No, two is, is great. Right? Perfectly yeah. right. Okay. More than so I think I think two things that are so essential. I would say in Berlin, but probably everywhere, in, in, is the it has to start with we, we as Christians. We need to be honest with ourselves and admit that it is hard for people to believe what we believe. Mm. You know, sometimes we can get so frustrated as like, oh, why don't they? Why aren't they Christians? Well, totally. there, there may be all kinds of obstacles in their story, even yeah. or mm-hmm. in, in their reasoning that they're just not. You know, in, in the they're not of, you exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, and not everybody did grow up in a Christian home where this maybe right. we just were exposed to a lot of yeah. things from a young age. And mm-hmm. uh, let's let's admit that it's hard for people to believe. In the Book of Jude, it says, "Be merciful with those who doubt." I think often we are judgmental with those who doubt. You know, I think mm. so. That's that's again we're talking that's about good. posture, right? Let's admit it's hard for people to believe. And the other thing is we need to be better at listening. Um, we we often think evangelism is about uh, or loving where we live is about. Now we're going to go out and preach the gospel everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and right. it's it's about listening, listening intently. Like what what are the um, misconceptions we talked about this earlier that people have? What are yeah. the um, there's there's so many. Like if if someone says like I don't believe there is God is very different to someone who says I don't want to believe there is a God totally. or I cannot believe there is a God. Like it's just yeah. you know, there's that already tells you there's there's something in that person's story which led to a very, yep. very different it sounds yeah. similar, but it's a very different conclusion. So I think we need to listen really, really well. And that isn't difficult. I, I think, you know, to to ask people for their story to yeah. uh is I think that's a good place to start to to have just to be merciful with those who doubt to listen intently, yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that then will grow on that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. don't and don't go into a converse uh, a, a first conversation with the thought I need to convert this person yes. in this first conversation. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's starting you will a relationship. Definitely not get where you want to go. With that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's nice. That's 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 nice. Yeah. Jesus, let's. <laughs> Are you yeah. ready to give your? Yeah, yeah. no, you yeah. got it's it's this listening yes. intently listening yeah. and yeah. just and being present <clears throat> with them like you were saying and just mm. having a conversation, just getting right. to know them, you know, and ha- starting a relationship. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so that's true. Good. Yeah, that's good. Was that both things? <laughs> that was two. Oh, it was two. Was okay, two. I'm just making sure. First one was yeah. Anyway. Admit it's hard to believe. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's something internally, and then listen. Yes, I don't listen. know. Yeah, good. That's, yeah. I. Uh, what you were saying made me think like a lot of people have like really legitimate reasons for being freaked out about mm-hmm. Christianity Oh yeah, because of something that happened to them or some, you know, some, uh, you know, harmful church experience that they had or something like that. And, and you can't always just turn, turn over a new leaf in just one conversation. Right. You know, you, yeah. sometimes it takes, no, you know, we need to actually kind of like, we need to turn the page and start, a new chapter right. here and start moving toward Jesus and just exploring. And right. I think that's where the listening is so powerful mm-hmm. because you can start, but you, you can't really, each person is drawn to Christ differently. Right. You know, like that, that process, the, the way that Jesus reaches into the life of a person is as varied as, you know, the number of yeah. people on the face right. of the earth. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't listen, then you can't be sensitive to how God is wanting to work right. in this person's yeah, yeah. life. And so I think that's great advice. Right. And it's all, at the end of the day, it's all, 
it has to be so relational, right? Yeah. Uh, b- building relationships with not being afraid to to have a non-Christian friend. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, if you know if if all the contacts in our phones are phone numbers of other Christians, that's a problem. Hmm. You know, that means we don't have any 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 other yeah. non-Christian friends. You know, if, if all it if means all you're inside the social... castle a bit too yeah, much. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, there's a castle again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I guess a third don't that comes to mind now since we're talking about relationship is if there are opportunities to invite non-Christian or to to get your non-Christian friends and your Christian friends together in the same room, mm. I, I've I've seen that to be very powerful in Berlin. Um, mm. You know, sometimes sometimes we like to segregate those so much. It's like, oh, these are my church friends. If they know who else I hang out with and <laughs> how I speak and what language I use when I'm with my other yeah. friends, you know, that, you know, we try to not. Hopefully, they never meet because of what they, what what they each know of me, right? You know, but I think it can be so powerful to, well, at least in Berlin, you know, most. Unbelievers haven't even met many Christians. You know, right. in Berlin, it's one point two percent are believers. You know, it's like wow. the likelihood of somebody meeting a Christian is is like one in a hundred. You know, so, yeah. or, you wow. know. So, wow. um, but if if you, if there are opportunities to get Christians and non-Christians together, even if it's for I don't know, hey, we're going to a movie, uh, and it's not even about having lots of deep conversation, but we're just going to the cinema or something. Yeah. You know, because one day when the day comes and you are saying, hey, it's Easter. Hey, when you, do you want to try church? Do you want to come and see what it's like? And you want to invite someone. For that person who's never been to church, at the beginning, it's like, oh, why would I go there? What's What would be expected of me? And then when you can say, hey, you remember so-and-so who was in the oh. cinema with us? He's also mm. going to be there. That person was oh, now I know two people. Yeah. And I, oh, so much easier already. So, you know, it, it'll just, uh, I think it'll make it so much easier. It will, yeah. Uh, yeah. And like I said, I'm, I think people who aren't in church, they... They may think Christians are whatever preconception they have, and mm-hmm. and I think the more we can be ourselves around them and show that we're just normal people as well, trying yeah. to figure this out. You Don't know? prove them yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> Don't prove them right by being weird yes. and being yeah, yeah. awkward. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. great advice. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, we we like every once in a while we have guests on the show to get some book recommendations. Uh-huh. So what is you know, one or two books that you, oh, you read came recently. Prepared. That, I, yeah. Oh, he's got I, his phone Your out. giant stack that of was, books you brought. Book. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he brought like an old-timey stack of books <laughs> wrapped in a belt, like old school. <laughs> uh, yeah, just what's been helpful for you, formative yeah. for you, or just really entertaining. Oh, that's two very different questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Um, one of my all-time favorite books has, is by a guy named Brennan Manning called A Ragamuffin Gospel. Oh, dude, uh, love a classic, that. Classic, yeah. uh, which really helped me understand the gospel. Mm. There's another guy named Bob George who wrote a book called Classic Christianity, mm. also about understanding the gospel, which both of them I really, if someone listening to this hasn't read them, you should read them. Yes. And at the moment, I just started to read a book called uh, A Praying Life by Paul Miller. Have you heard of this? Huh. Uh, I think it's recently published. Some a friend of mine recommended this to me. And uh I as a pastor I need to admit I am I have a passion for prayer. I'm terrible at it. Mm. And I really want to learn to have a strong prayer life myself because otherwise how can I ever lead my congregation to be yeah. a praying church? Mm. Uh, you know, we need to be a praying church. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, like we all know the need for it, but I think the enemy tries to distract it with, with everything. Yeah. Uh, so, so we don't pray. Just work so, harder. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> pray yeah, later. Yeah. Work <laughs> exactly, now. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, this friend of mine, he said, this, this book has been really helpful to him to just develop a more, um, 
consistency in his prayer life. And so I just mm. picked it up. I can't say too much about it yet, but just the first couple of chapters already ooh, really spoke to me. Mm. So a praying yeah, life, good, cool. Paul Miller, uh, is, is, is good. That's yeah. good. We'll link those in the show notes so people can yeah. check those out. Yeah, too. Cool. And I'll probably rip a few of those and put them on our Saddleback yeah, books, books page, page as well. Yeah, come on, do it. All right, brother, this <laughs> has been great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But before we close, we wanted to shout out Teresa. A Teresa? Oh, Teresa, yeah. Oh, Berlin, discipleship a leader. Listener? If she's yeah. listening... <laughs> What's up, well Teresa? Done. Shout out to you. <laughs> Please yes. say hello to Jenny and the and the babies, Thank which you. are now huge, oh, yeah. and yes, big, the and growing. And... Seven and Wait, ten. Wait, seven and ten? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. No, they they're all doing well. Oh, Thank you. Me feel old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember yeah. when I when I went to Berlin, my little girl had just been born like four months earlier. So I remember mm. I was missing her so much, and yeah, yeah, now yeah. we have another kid, and she's six now, and time is flying. Time is flying. Yeah. Man, I want to just say thanks to you for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thanks. I guys. mean, yeah. well, obviously for coming on the show, that's a big doing us a big solid here. But <laughs> you've been diligently working at that campus. I mean, and 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 Saddleback time, Saddleback. There's so much change at Saddleback all the mm, time. Yeah. And the fact that you've been faithfully leading that Berlin campus since its launch, and you keep loving those people mm. even now, mm. um, it's just a huge. You you are a blessing to this church. You are you are a big. I don't want to use the word tool. <laughs> you are a tool that God is using, an instrument that God <laughs> is using <laughs> to do amazing things that I don't think Saddleback could do in Berlin without someone like you to oh, come alongside. You. So, thank you. Is, so and in Europe in, in general, being an ambassador too for mm. not just for Saddleback Church, but for the Big C Church. Mm-hmm. Right. And in Europe, in, in going, and I know that you do a pastor training and conferences and different yeah, yeah. things. Yeah. So that's that's really cool too. Yeah. yeah. May God yeah. always bless your lentil field. Yeah, Amen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> say one more thing. What were you? I was going to say, people who are listening to this, if if God's been speaking to you about Europe, um, pray for us. Pray for the church in Europe. Mm. Uh, we many many pastors, you know, feel defeated by mm. this change in society. But uh, I really have hope. You know, a friend of mine says, you know, Jesus. Uh, he says, Europe may be post-Christian, but Jesus is not post-Europe. You know? mm-hmm. so, and that's obviously a wow, word of play, I but I, I think it's true. Yeah. So let's, let's pray for a turning of the tides. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm. Yeah. Would, you, uh, would you close us with a prayer now? Sure, I would love to. Thanks. Yeah. God, I thank you so much for this amazing opportunity to be together with my friends and, and just talk about what you are doing in your kingdom around the world. It's wonderful that we get to share this and also share with each other what we're learning. Mm. Uh, I want to pray for people who have been listening. I pray that some of this was helpful or maybe inspiring. Um, I, I pray that you would continue to teach us and show us and give us open eyes and open ears for the people that are around us and help us, Lord, to love them uh, with everything we've got and and point them to you. Um, Help us to be creative, uh, help us to be courageous uh, in this. And, and I pray that uh, wherever people are, uh, I pray that our whole cities will be changed because people start to live for you uh, without walls around them. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's why I pray in faith and in your name, Jesus. Amen. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of video content. And if you're already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcasts on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app, so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com doable to check out all our previous episodes 
And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you.